This podcast is being brought to you by Miles College. You know how I love going to Railroad Park mm-hmm. to, to go walking. And during the summer, it gets hot and I get lazy. Absolutely. So I said, I'm going to do it at the table. And so I just changed oh, okay. my eating habits. And so people have been laughing, like, how are you still losing weight and you're not walking right now? But I only do that in the fall and in the spring. Sure. Because I'm so, I'm just so sensitive <laughs> to the cold and the heat. You know what I'm saying? It's you're like, just, you are not going to get me to walk then. You're just special, I think. <laughs> but it's about 75% intake anyways from what i've been told and maybe right. maybe less than 25 percent, but 25 percent, let's say uh, uh activity yeah although my activity isn't what it should be yeah anyways well you know what you can do as far as that's concerned what's that railroad park oh i thought you were going to say you had a girlfriend in mind for me i wasn't sure <laughs> What what are we rated? Are we NC seventeen? Are we PG? We are, are we G? Straight. What's the worst one? X. Oh, triple X, baby! <laughs> triple X, baby! Let's do well, it. Let's let, do let it. Let me say. How do you make a pool table laugh? Uh, well, how? You tickle its balls. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go, like, put the balls in the hole or something. That's, <laughs> that's just nasty. That's just nasty. I know, right? <laughs> no. Um, do, let's see, what's the difference between a lawyer and a bucket of shit? Uh, the bucket. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I've heard these. It, it, it's true with some of them. It is. There are good lawyers out the, there. Too. There are there absolutely are. good lawyers out one there. Or two. And you are one of them, uh, sir. You're too kind. Now, um, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, today we have with us Judge Brian Huff. Brian. Just Brian. Oh. We have Brian. And First of all, I'm going to say that. First of all, how did you get to where you are now? Where did you go to school? Where did you go to high school? Where did you go to college? You know what I'm saying? Like, take us on a journey. Because the funny thing is, if I remember correctly, you're from the black side of town. I'm from up around Brookside. Oh, you're from, that's right. Yeah. That's right. You you are responsible for the corruption going on. That's me. That's me. I, I locked up 10,000 people, and I'm still holding them in, prison, in jail in, in, in Walker County. Right, right. Uh, that's right. We were talking about that not too long ago when we were talking about, when well, when John Archibald did the expose on mm-hmm. Brookside, and you told me you were from there, and it just kind of shocked me. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that, that's where I grew up. And I don't know that my backstory is that interesting. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. I, but it's who you are. Let's, you know what I'm saying? I want, I want you to say all the way up. Come on, let's go. 
Get I, everybody. Let's I grew meet up you. in Brookside. Yeah. Okay. Played baseball in Brookside. Uh, oh, I you was a baseball dude. No, but I played baseball. <laughs> in I was the first person in my family to go to college. Okay. You know, my dad was a, a, a union steel worker at U.S. Steel. Yeah. My grandfather was a union truck driver. He was a teamster. Okay. Gordon's Transportation. Okay. And uh, I was the first person to go to college. But I grew up in Brookside, and I got out of Brookside. Yeah. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with it. <laughs> no. You know, my parents they, still yeah, live yeah. out there. It's a lovely town. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and to- um, now you went to school of higher education at one of the most beautiful campuses on God's earth. Where did you go to school? Prestigious. Uh, it, it, it was an amazing place. It's kind of like Xanadu. You've oh, heard the poem yeah. Kubla Khan. No, I was thinking more. Um, uh, it's a, not Olivia Newton John. Yeah, Olivia Newton John. No, yeah. Even beyond that, so I think it's Samuel <laughs> Samuel Taylor Coleridge, something like that. Wrote a, He was an opium addict, but he wrote a he wrote a poem about Xanadu, and it was his version of Paradise. Yeah. And for for me, it was the University of Alabama. Roll tide. Roll tide. Roll. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Uh, it, it was my Xanadu. It, now, now, how did you get to meet my mom? Like how how did you guys meet? I I can't remember exactly how we first met. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I would love to tell you. I do not remember exactly how we first met. Well, she but just she's loves a lovely you lady, and and I love her as well. Yeah. And maybe is she here? Maybe she can come in <laughs> and and remind me. I'll I'll be sure to play this for her, and then once she tells me, I I'll relay. P- please, no, no, she's a she's a magnificent. Lady, I did not meet her at the University of Alabama. That's correct. <laughs> uh, I did not meet her in Brookside. No, that is correct. I did not meet her in that court it, up in Brookside. Not in that court, but I think, if I remember correctly, um, she was working for Baptist Health. I mean, Baptist homes for the the children. Probably when I was presiding out in family court. That's what. That's because exactly when it was. That's exactly when it was. We dealt with so many, mm-hmm. you know, children who were subject to abuse and neglect. DHR. Yeah. Related yeah. cases. Yeah. And it was probably a situation like that. You know, also dealt with all of the juvenile mental health commitments. I'm going to go backwards. Since we're already here, because usually it's about meeting you, and then next thing, it's about, you know, what you do. But the reason I have you here is because of your position in the family court system, right? Okay. And um, first of all, what what is, as a non-custodial parent, Right. Okay. Where's the justice? Like it's re- It just seems, through my experiences and the people that I know, because it's not a male female thing. No. It's not a black white thing. It is sincerely a a, a custodial versus a non custodial parent thing, and it just seems like the system. Over course correct, right? Probably. Well, well, there is no justice. Mm. And I think you have to look to the children 
mm-hmm. for that because they're the ones who suffer the most. If there was justice, you know, the kids would be staying in one place and we'd let these adults who decided, uh, you know, mm-hmm. tear their lives apart rotate in and out instead of having kids live out of a suitcase. Now, that, that's my personal that opinion. Is- I've never thought of that from a concern. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. Both parents pay for the house, and you you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, yeah. These kids didn't do anything yeah. to cause a divorce. You know, I, I've been divorced, mm-hmm. and I have two kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personal belief and what worked for me and their mother was for one of us to be a primary custodian. It's mm-hmm. become more and more popular where people do week to week. Mm-hmm. People do this, I think they call it like a two, two, three. Kids are with two parents and then mm-hmm. with the other parent or with the parent for two days, mm-hmm. with the other parent for two days, and then back with the other parent for three days. And that just goes on and on and on. And the children are living out of a suitcase. Yeah, that's too much. It's, that's entirely too much. There may be some people it works for. Yeah. I just think that kids need stability. My yeah. parents were divorced when I was a child. Uh I know I needed some stability. Yeah. When I got divorced, you know, my ex-wife and I maintained joint legal custody, but she was the primary custodian. Yeah. I had daughters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't want them going back and forth week to week. Yeah. In a situation like that, absolutely, it, it wouldn't not. have been good for them, and that's just the decision that I made. Yeah. There is no real utopia for a, you know, no. I won't say broken, but I'm, yeah. I, I mean fractured. You know, no, family. You're right. There is no Xanadu for that. But at the same time, there, here again, needs to be some, like, there are laws in place. Yes. For custodial parents. There are no laws in place for not, so I, I, I say it's a legislative thing. I'm not trying to put it on judges. Even though I have my, it's okay. But you, can put it you on know, judges. But you know, here, judges are people, they right? Are. And 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 people are subject to you know good days, bad days, et cetera, et cetera. But the law is the law. Sure. And I'm just saying, you know, it just would be helpful if instead of fighting changes to those laws, if Family courts and domestic relations courts could come together and figure out some framework that could exist for the non-custodial parent. I think a lot of it has to do with this. Think of it like a suit, okay? I used to be a 42 short. Mm -hmm. I'm a little bigger than that now. (laughs) But if I took my 42 short suit to Shaquille O'Neal and said, Shaq, put this on, it ain't going to fit him. Right. Okay. Right. And if he brought his to me, well, it might fit me now, at least around the gut, but it's not going <laughs> to fit me lengthwise because I'm right. too short. I think you need judges who are educated and trained to handle situations like this. Mm. I think uh, you need lawyers who are sensitive to the issues that these kids are going to deal with. And you have to recognize that every case is different. Mm-hmm. You know, what worked for my ex-wife and me might not work for you. Mm-hmm. And what works for this person might not work for another person for any number of reasons. 
so I don't think you can say it's cookie cutter. And that's kind of why I have a problem with the legislature coming in and passing statutes that say you must do X, Y, Z. I think the key is having good, educated, empathetic judges on the bench. And I'm going to use this opportunity, and I am not running for anything. So let me just lay that out there right now. But I'm going to take this opportunity to say that the way we choose judges in Alabama is atrocious. And it's not going to get us where we need to be, whether it's custodial rights or whether it's, you know, criminal justice. Right. We're not going to get there because we don't elect judges based on who they are. We we elect them based on whether there's an elephant or a donkey after their name, and that's just wrong. It is absolutely incorrect. And Ivy, you know how I think, and I am. I was elected as a Republican, mm-hmm. and you know that I'm about as conservative as President Obama was. Yeah, you, you're the worst Republican ever. And, and you know what? Thank you. <laughs> Thank completely you. I worse. appreciate that. That's okay. That, that's okay. Uh, that's just that's how I, that's how I believe. Yeah. But I, I think I don't think there's a boilerplate answer. Is guess what I'm getting what I'm getting to. I, I don't think there is one. And I think we live in a state where we care more about timber owners than we care about our children. And what I mean by that is we will not adequately fund the judiciary and DHR and other entities who are supposed to take care of these issues. You know, we just lost a circuit judge in Jefferson County. Right. We had uh, an excellent lawyer get elected to replace Clyde Jones, who just retired. Mm-hmm. And her judgeship was stolen from us and moved to Madison County. Yeah. Because we apparently have too many judges. Too many black female uh, judges. Well, no, we have the, well, and that may be the case statewide. You're right, right. about that. But yeah. I'm just I was I was going to say, if that's the case, I wouldn't have spent the last year and a half hearing, fif- hearing fifteen hundred petitions for protection from abuse for free out at family court, so that we could have the wheels of justice continuing to spin, and I think there's a lot of truth to be said there. You know, they've been saying that Jefferson, and they are the powers that be. Sure. They have been saying that Jefferson County has had too many judges for a minute, but they didn't take any action until the bench became predominantly African-American women. Now, you're right about that. You're spot on. At Alabama Power, there's nothing more important to us than our customers and the communities we serve. Alabama Power is more than your reliable source of electricity. We're committed to building the future of energy and providing innovative solutions to our customers. Alabama Power offers energy efficiency tips to help lower your bills, and the company supports agencies that offer bill assistance. Alabama Power initiates and supports efforts to grow the economy and elevate the state of Alabama. And yes, we are also your reliable source of electricity. Alabama Power is for a better Birmingham and a better Alabama. 
And that in and of itself, you know, is an injustice. Yeah. But in this state, you know, we reward timber companies and big landowners. We steal judges from minority counties. Mm -hmm. I'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, When what we should be doing is adequately funding the judiciary. Right. We don't need fewer judges in Jefferson County. What we need is a couple more circuit right. judges. And that's not to say that Madison County doesn't need more. And that's not to say Tuscaloosa County doesn't need more. Not saying that at all. Exactly. Right. But what we need to do is government needs to focus on what government needs to do. Let me throw this at you. Please. I, I had this conversation with my mother um, years ago. Um, when I first started this atrocious journey, right? And when I remember, you know, I I pay attention to politics, right? Absolutely. And, you know, you hear about cuts to education, cuts to the judiciary. Now, people... They don't quite get it that we need to massively increase funding to education. But as long as you don't cut it, they'll back on off, right? Most people never come in contact with the judicious the judicial system. True. And so when when Goat Hill wants to cut from there, people don't care because yeah. they don't have to interface with the courts. And so that's going back to your point uh-huh. of you guys being so underfunded, it's because the public ain't paying attention either. You're right. I mean, for years <laughs> and years, we've not adequately funded the state education system because the education level has been right where the elite wanted it to be. Hmm. Uh, you have a, a, a working class, a blue-collar working class of people, and you don't have too many people getting in the way and endangering the people who are in power. And I firmly believe that that's the way that the powers that be have wanted it. With the judiciary, I mean, and with the court system, it doesn't impact people until it does, until you need a divorce mm-hmm. or until you know there's an adoption. Or until your child is born out of wedlock and you need somebody to pay some child support. Or on, you know, you know how hard I am on criminals. Absolutely. (laughs) But at the same time, there are a lot of them just sitting there because they can't get in front of a judge. They can't. And so, you know, you have to wonder how many innocent people are sitting there just because they haven't had, you know, a chance to get before the court. You're right. And, And... you brought that up. I wanna I wanted to bring that up. Because mm-hmm. one thing I'm proud of, and I'm gonna brag on my team when I was at Family Court, mm-hmm. when we took over at Family Court, there's a juvenile detention center, a juvenile jail right next door that see that houses eighty kids. Right. And when, when we took over there was about hundred and twenty kids in there on any given day. Mm-hmm. Hundred to hundred and twenty. By the time my term ended, we averaged about twenty five kids in there oh, on nice. any given day. And it just so happens that most of those kids who weren't locked up mm-hmm. were kids who were African-American, mm-hmm. who probably were lower income, mm-hmm. uh, who weren't being taught this is where you belong. 
And so when you talk about incarcerating people, jails have a purpose. They really do. But our governor didn't need to take our COVID money and build three new prisons with it. <laughs> okay? She didn't mean. What she, what she need, that's not investing in the state. What that is is incarcerating and keeping down a certain race of people, and I don't have to say who it is, a certain uh, economic uh, level of people, so people don't get ahead. When I said I was the first person in my family that went to college, I grew up in Brookside, Alabama. No, I am I am not black. I am white as me. Believe the- it or not. And I don't know I don't know what it's like to grow up that way. I don't, and I'll be the first to admit it, but I know what it's like to grow up in a working class family. And I know what it's like to have, you know, my relatives go to prison and to be drug addicts and to be this and that and what have you. And we don't invest enough into services and into things that could improve outcomes. Now, let, now my turn. Please, because I've taken your show over and I apologize. Oh, no, and I love it, and I love it. But look at it from the perspective of someone. I can't remember the last time I didn't have a friend or a loved one or a family member incarcerated. Mm-hmm. And they sleep on floors. They have terrible facilities. They have, you know, poor food. You know, it's unclean. It's And so my point here is that whereas I understand your point as far as where should we be investing in the future and appropriating properly? It's cheaper to educate men than to incarcerate them. I get it. But for the ones that are there, like you said, jails have a place. There are bad people in the world. Also, as it exists now, there are no places for mental health um, uh, incarcerated people, etc. So, As far as our future is concerned, I can't argue that. But as far as our right now is concerned, I'm sorry. Tear down those old prisons and at least put these people in something new. I won't argue that. But when we do it, let's look at who we have in there. Why they're in there. How long have they been in there? Do you have a 70-year-old but but, Woman. but 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 you're but you are conveniently convoluting two separate issues because yes I do believe in educating those people in there rehabilitating those people in there um, looking at the sentencing of those people in there after you put them in a new facility. That's all I'm saying. And and when people talk about what we should be doing, you're still leaving them in a rotten prison to do it. I can't argue that. But Alabama prisons aren't even air-conditioned. Okay? Right. And it, it's obviously pretty darn hot here. Mm-hmm. But as we do that, we need to look at who we have in there. Because I'll say it, because you might not. People who look like you are more likely to go to prison than people who look like me for the same damned offense. The same offense. 
and that's wrong. And what are we doing to change that? Or are I we just gonna? Argue. Are we you gonna? Me, you, you, aside from building the new prisons, you didn't have me up against okay. the wall. I mean, all the time. Are, preach, preach. Are, are we gonna build twenty new prisons? <laughs> no, no. I I just want these. You want these these three? people who are incarcerated right this second. Right. I'm 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 saying up until this second that I'm speaking. I want them in a new facility as we invest f- into the people moving forward to avoid them getting there. I can't that does. I won't argue that. And they need to be. They you know, they're human beings. Maybe they broke some laws. Maybe they even did some heinous things. But, you know, what's supposed to make a civilized society is that those of us who are civilized are supposed to have compassion, empathy, and treat the less of us, if that's what I'm going to call them, the least of us better with that compassion and empathy. You can punish people, but that doesn't mean you have to tie them up and lay them out in the 150-degree heat. And you know, it's, not, it's not okay. So I agree with you. I, I Ladies and gentlemen, we have had the Reverend Doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pastor of the Family Court Church of Birmingham with us. <laughs> and right now, as we take it out, we can't let you get away without playing a little this and that. Uh-oh. All right? Uh-oh. First of all, what is your favorite charity? Oh, my gosh. Uh, there are so many out there, probably just simply the United Way. And the reason being is I know where my money is going and I know that there's a limited amount of overhead that's being paid out. And they do contribute to a lot of different individual charities. So I'm going did United you, Way. Did you hear that? That's a very astute approach at, you know, donating, because I always tell people about the overhead of the Salvation Army, for example, the overhead of the Red Cross. And so mm-hmm. that's that's cool. So if you don't answer one of these questions, you have to make a $100 donation to the United Way. But okay. they're I'll easy. It. I'll make one anyways. See, I'm raising money to see. <laughs> I love it. Regent's Park or Rickwood Field? Gee, depends on what I'm doing. You know, Rickwood Park, I mean, uh, Rickwood Field's the oldest ballpark in the country, and it has so much uh, nostalgia. Yeah. But I'm the most ADD person you'll ever meet, (laughs) and I can't sit through more than about two innings of baseball. So I'm probably just going to walk around at Regent's Park. Park, or uh, excuse me, at, at uh, the Regis yeah, Field, Regis yeah. Field, and so. Botanical Gardens or Railroad Park. I like the city. I live in the city, and I love what Railroad Park has done for the city. So I'm going with Railroad Park. All right, Protective Stadium or Legacy Arena. Protective Stadium. I went and saw some games there. Uh, for the with the USFL, the Stallions went yeah. and saw several games. The stadium's amazing, amazing. Just trying to figure out how we can double the size so Alabama can play some games. There. <laughs> Speaking of which, Stallions or Legion? Stallions. What's Legion? 
<laughs> the soccer team. <laughs> I know that. I know. I'm talking about real football, though. <laughs> we're, talking, we're talking the Stallions. <laughs> Eric said the same thing. Crossplex or Legion Field? Crossplex. Have you been there? It's amazing. Yeah. It is absolutely amazing. Now, Legion Field has its place. I mean, right. the old gray lady needs to stay. Right. But, I mean, Crossplex is amazing. Birmingham Zoo or McWayne Science Center? McWayne Science Center. I think the Birmingham Zoo is a – and I'm going to get in trouble here. I don't think you need to put animals in cages like that. I don't think it's good for them, okay? Well, McWayne Science Center. Now, if you have an ownership interest in the Birmingham Zoo, Iva, and I know you don't. Well, I do as a taxpayer. As a taxpayer, as a ta- because it's not a private entity. Now, I'm, I wasn't, <laughs> Eric was like, look at the zoo. I wasn't going to argue that, but we're not going to down zoos quite yet. <laughs> because I just... Got my first membership in the Birmingham Zoo. Like, this is the first time I've been a member. And just today, my friend Kelly Gano in Virginia, we went to Bama together. Cool. And she's taking me to the Washington, D.C., the um, Smithsonian Zoo in September. And I haven't been since I was a little boy with my Auntie Irita. So we gonna lay up off the zoos. Just, you will just have fun. <laughs> you will have fun. But what we need is a safari park here in Birmingham. They got one down in Montgomery. Yeah. But I mean, we got the whole north end of the county yeah. that we could put a safari park in instead of and, and instead we, of hunting we, animals. Yeah, we you ride through and exactly. they, they kind of live and do their thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What's my next Jefferson question? County Commission, you listening? I mean, <laughs> um, Civil Rights Institute or Negro League Museum? I've been to the Civil Rights Institute several times. The mm-hmm. one time I tried to go to the Negro League Museum, which is right over next to the park next mm-hmm. and by uh, the new stadium, it was closed. Mm. So... Well, I have to say the Civil Rights Institute for a couple of reasons. Number one, I've never been able to get into the Negro League Museum, and now right. you've guilted me to the point where I've got to go this weekend. Well, this is we know we won't do it this weekend because what we'll do is we'll meet back up at Yo Chef. Let's go. Have some lunch. Okay. Then we'll go walk it off a little bit at the park. Absolutely. And then we'll go to the Negro League Museum. That's perfect. I'd love to. Yeah, we're going to do that. So we're going to match schedules before okay. before we get done. Biggie or Tupac? Tupac. I mean, he's, I mean, Tupac. You know, when this I mean, started, I'm sorry. when this started, I was like, I would get, you know, it was visceral when people <laughs> say But, you know, a couple of people have made arguments that I'm, you know, I kind of don't. I kinda You like don't. Boogie Smalls? I mean. I'm a Biggie fan. I'm, a, I'm not opposed to Baby, Biggie, baby. But, I mean, Tupac was, I mean, he was Tupac. I mean, Michael Jackson or, or Prince. 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 How? Prince. I, I like Prince's music better. And I, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna say. Yeah. All of the allegations that came out about Michael Jackson didn't uh-huh. do a whole lot for my opinion of him. So, I'll, in all honesty, say less. I understand. 
Um, final one. And you would expect it to be Alabama-Auburn? No. You know where I'd go it's there. too easy. Way too easy. Alabama State or Alabama A&M? Oh, gosh, probably the Bulldogs. <laughs> and he got the tie on the, to prove it. <laughs> Judge, I know you are not big into the social media thing. I can't remember seeing. Um, <laughs> I don't remember. Are you on social media? I am. I'm on Twitter. Okay. I'm on. Uh, I'm on Facebook. What's your? Well, I mean, other than Facebook, I what, mean, what like, is it today? What's your Twitter? I mean, I've got mostly Grateful Dead stuff because you didn't ask me no, who my favorite what's jam your Twitter band. at which. That's what's what your I'm. At? I've got oh. to look it up and see. I don't, oh, you change it? Yeah. Well, I've changed it. It's like I'd have to look it up and tell you. I can't tell you off the top of my head. <laughs> I'll well, email it to you. Email it to me, and we will put it as a part of your promo. Okay. And I'm on Facebook. I am on Facebook too. Yeah. So. You want people to find you on Facebook? They're welcome to find me. I mean, I don't. I, I I love people. Yeah, he really does, and he'll actually like interact with you and everything. Okay, I do. Well, thank you. I appreciate. Never know. Maybe I'll run again someday. Not this time. Don't worry. I'm not announcing a candidacy. Don't worry. This is going to be the longest outro ever because I forgot to talk about one thing. Um, you like me. In fact, I emulate you in the fact that I break the rules That's okay. of AA. That's okay. And I know you don't mind Mm-mm. me bringing it up. And I want to say not only thank you for coming, but thank you for being one of my AA sponsors. Well, you're welcome. I want to thank you all for listening. And as always, a huge shout out to Creed 63, Our 360 News, and UrbanHam.com. God bless. This podcast has been brought to you by Birmingham Legion FC. Hammer down.